Hello? Hello? Hello, Cliffy? Cliffy, it's Uncle Cliff Cliff. Cliffy? It's podcast time. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Full stick of butter. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff Cliff. Give me a call at your convenience, okay? Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff Cliff. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. The one and the only, Johnny Boy. My little baby boy. Baby butter boy. Womack style. Cliffy. I love you. Toggling your balls. Toggling your balls. Where's the rodeo? Uh, toggling his balls. I like your boots. Just below your nipple. Where are you headed? The biggest one yet. Toggle your balls. Toggling your balls. Fifty shades of gray. Slack, Cliffy. The biggest one yet. Cliffy. Oh my god. Hey there, teacher. It's going to be outrageous. What's my assignment? Your grandmother. I like your rubric. Great Donnell Winslow. Oh, please. Decrate me. Cliffy Baseball. With this. My little baby butter boy, little butter boy, clippy boy, baby boy. Sweet this. That's how you get blisters, Clippy. That's how you get blisters. Womack style. That sure tastes delicious. In my mouth. Hey, firewoman. Bibleopoly, Cliff. Where's the fire? Puzzle, your balls. You're a smoker. The oatmeal tasting booth. Toggling your balls. Toggle your balls. Baby Butter Boy. The biggest and the best. You goddamn Butter Boy, son of a bitch. I can't get out of fuck of you, son of a bitch. To the Womack family holiday spectacular. Your grandmother just told me the good news. Or as we like to call it, the pizzle. Hellman's mayonnaise. The rockets red glare, the bombs bursting in air, and a delicious Helios pizza in your oven. Womack style. Womack style. Whoa, that was way too loud. (laughs) Womack style. Wow, that sounds weird. Does it sound different? Ah, whatever. Episode 12. Here we are. It's episode 12. Isn't that exciting? We just did an episode 11 two days ago. And that's how podcasty I'm feeling today to give you an episode 12. And I think what I'm going to do in the future, I really think, I think there's a, there's a Patreon path here in some of this somewhere where if you're not, you know, $5 a month, keep it real simple, $5 a month, everybody gets the podcast, whether you're a patron or not. And then maybe for $5 a month, you get the podcasts whenever I do them. So like if I do a podcast on a Sunday, if I do like five days worth of podcasting in a row, you get them all right when I do it, right when I release it. 
for five dollars a month, and then the free stuff is you get the you still get the podcast. You just wait, and it comes out every f- <clears throat> goddamn fucking voice. It's really good radio. I love you know sound like fucking Baba Booey. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, so yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking maybe the free thing is every you get the podcast every Friday. That's gonna you know you, everybody gets every episode of the podcast. Patreon and again I'm spit I'm spitballing here. I'm just spitballing. Uh, feel free to give me feedback. Birthdayboypodcast at gmail Birthdayboypodcast at gmail uh, Five dollars gets you the podcast when I record them, which is whenever the fuck I want to, and they'll just be released in a regular cadence every Friday, unless you're a patron and you pay five dollars a month and then you get them when I release them. And, uh, and then in addition to that, you would also get, uh, anytime, anytime I pick up my phone and just talk into it like an asshole, if I'm, if I'm just out and about and, you know, like I did on the beach where I'm just, I'm just rambling and just bitching about the seagulls and pigeons on the beach or whatever the, whatever it is that maybe won't make it into the podcast. And maybe those are just separate, separate, my musings, my musings are to be separate, separate audio. So it's a thought, it's a thought. Uh, you know, I don't think it's that bad because then you still get you get all the free shit, and then you know if you want to you know toss me a few bucks, then uh, you know for like when I have to when I download uh, iTunes to pay for some you know a song that I have on Spotify, but I want to get it on iTunes so I can directly drop the file into the podcast, you know shit like that that does cost money. Um. Yeah, it's a thought, and then you know maybe we uh, maybe we do some other tiers. I would love to. I would like to get to a point where there's merchandise. Get to the merch stage of things. That's a ways off, though, uh, because the things that Kimmy can do with her cricket and her little ironing press thing that she makes T-shirts and she's she's made me a bunch of T-shirts for presents. She's made herself and the kids T-shirts, Minecraft T-shirts. I've got a Spaceballs T-shirt that she made with quotes from. I mean, it's fucking awesome. So I'm thinking, you know. I think I think a T-shirt that I would want to wear is a T-shirt that just says Womack style on it. I mean, who wouldn't want a T-shirt like that? I know Cliffy would. What? Cliff could get. I mean, the whole fucking Womack family: Grandma Cliff, Grandpa Cliff, Uncle Cliff, Cousin Cliff. All the Cliffs have a have a thing that says Womack style, and maybe has you know 2018 holiday spectacular brought to you by Nabisco. I, I don't know. There's so many fucking things to do, and then of course, I think it only. Uh, it uh, it goes without saying that one of the shirts that we should have it should obviously be a fucking jersey, a men's uh, or women's adult sports jersey that says "Birthday Boy Podcast" and has my uh, you know picture of me and my little Stewart's outfit on the on the jersey. Come on, come on, man! And so maybe maybe we make something like that, and then there's like a twenty dollar tier where you get a fucking jersey for free and all the other shit. It's just, again, this is off the top of my head. Don't start screaming at me because you have to pay money for this. You don't. It's still free. Everything's free. Everything. The podcast is always going to be free. I don't. I, there's no reason for the podcast to not be a free podcast. And I'm 12 episodes in, so who the fuck am I to talk about like charging people money for the thing that I enjoy doing that I said I was going to do, whether there's listeners or not? But also, who am I to not be a red-blooded American and try to make money off of my friends and family uh, for the entertaining yarns that I spin, come on, 
five bucks a month. It's good. I I pay. I have a few that I've done in the past where I've you know for like uh, Cam and I like like to listen to a there's a fuck it free plug for Grave Talks Grave Talks podcast. He also does another a Ghost Stories podcast, which is okay. But the Grave Talks one is good, and the son of a bitch teases you with episode part one for free on iTunes, and then for $5 a month you have to be a patron, and then you get part two, and you get them when they're released instead of every month or something like that. I don't I don't know exactly, but that's it. It's $5 to get all of the podcasts, and, you know, I think that's a little whatever. But but the guy's, you know, he's, I think he does it full-time. He's got to make some fucking money. Uh, I, I would never charge for a podcast. I would never charge for, like, a full show. But I would charge for having them in a more timely fashion, whereas I would just make make it a weekly thing for those who don't choose to pay. You still get the podcast. You just wait every week. Then maybe there's some, you know, maybe there's some bonus stuff too. Maybe there's some never before heard calls, prank calls, or something like that. I don't know. There's there's lots of ways to go. But for now, nothing's changing. It's just going to be the podcast as it is. It's that's always it's always going to be the podcast. That's that's always going to be there. There's just everything else would just be a, a bonus option, an additional thing that you could do. Toss me a few bucks and get some get some things. Maybe uh, maybe I come to your house and oh, that's great. That sounds good. That's a good sound. Maybe I come to your house and uh, and I dance. I just stand in your living room and just uh, you know I do the macarena for for twenty minutes or so. I love the audio thing that's happening right now. This is really good, going up and down. That's fucking awesome. So anyway, oh good, yeah, that's great. So I'm sitting here on a Sunday and I'm doing the podcast. Why? Why am I doing the podcast on Sunday? Uh, because this Wimbledon championship is on and it's probably never going to end. And also because uh, Carrie, uh, Carrie Duel, Carrie Dumas, Carrie Dumas, Carrie Dumas, Dumas. Uh, Dumas uh, pretty much has me chained to my desk just doing 24-7 podcasts until I die, which will be very soon if I do this podcast and if I have the troubles that I've had today with my fucking Mac, Uh, which guess what? Hey, here's a bonus for you that's not going to cost anything. Uh, Usually I scream and swear at the computer and then I delete it and then I move on with my podcast and I I decided I'm... uh, I've kept some of that shit in, and I've moved it to the end of the podcast. There's going to be a Cliffy call, and then even after that, there's going to be a bonus, which is just me, uh, my heart exploding out of my chest because I'm so angry uh, at the at the machi- at the computer. It's all of two years old, so obviously it's way outdated, and I need a new computer because that's that's how it fucking works. Uh, but Carrie, so here's. <laughs> So now I, I just feel I feel obligated and pressured by Carrie to just do a podcast every day, all day, and uh, you know probably just get fired from work and uh, my family, my kids will leave me. But that's okay because Carrie's gonna get a podcast. Isn't that great, everybody? Carrie fucking Dumas gets her fucking podcast. <laughs> um, so this is great. This was on Facebook. So Nate, Nate Duel. Carrie Dumas's husband. Her name is actually Carrie Duell, even though it was Dumas. And to me, it's always going to be Dumas. Uh, but Nate has shared a memory of the sweet animals uh, from a few years ago who are no longer with us on Facebook. 
And Nate wrote, miss them. I wonder if they're back together on a couch in heaven. Which is very sweet. And and Carrie Dumas wrote, I know they are. And other people said, absolutely, together again for sure. And then John Hopkins puts just a nice uh, smiley face emoji with little hearts around it just to say, hey, you know, love, sending my love, whatever it means. Whatever the little closed eyes uh, emoji with hearts around it means. It means a, it's a nice thing. Uh, Carrie's response to the nice gesture was, um, and tagged John Hopkins and wrote, um, less typey typey, more talky talky, please. You have a job to do, birthday boy. Only problem was the John Hopkins who left that emoji with the little hearts and the nice smiley face wasn't me. Oh no, not me at all. So sorry, it was my dad, my sweet, kind, lovable dad, trying to send his condolences and his sympathies for these poor departed pets with just a little smiley heart love emoji. And Carrie Dumas decided to respond to this kind gesture by ordering another podcast. And of course, wasn't even talking to me, was yelling at my dad, yelling at my dad for another podcast, as he's probably sitting there scratching his head saying, why was she so mean to me? All I did was send a sympathy and a condolence to the pets who are no longer on this, uh, existing on this mortal coil. And her response is for me to shut up and do a podcast, less typey typey, more talky talky. Dumas, this is a new low. This is, uh, you've done some pretty low things in your day. Some pretty, uh, you know, scandalous and scoundrelly things, and this is this is as low as it gets for you, and that's saying something. Uh, so of course I saw this response, and of course responded to Carrie and said, "Carrie, you're responding to my dad, you fucking asshole." To which Carrie, of course, realizes, says, "OMG, sorry, Mr. Hopkins," and then ha 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 ha. So so now she's. She's sorry, but she's still laughing in my dad's face. She's just cackling viciously in my dad's face at his sweet... All he did, all he did was one keystroke, a little friendly, lovey little face with hearts. And Carrie is just continuing to shit all over him and laugh at him. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But you get what you want, Carrie, because here I am. I'm just, I've chained, I've handcuffed myself to the desk, and I'm just going to do this podcast until I'm I, kills me and I'm dead and buried in the ground. But at least you'll have a podcast, huh? You fuck. So, here's something I wasn't going to share, but I just, I thought, why why the fuck not? It's my pod it's my podcast, Carrie. You fuck. I'm gonna share whatever the hell I want. I don't care what you say. So, many of you know, some of you know, most of you know, none of you know. I don't know. A few of you know. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Fleet Foxes. It's uh, one of my favorite bands, top five. Uh, I would say White Lies, Mew, probably Radiohead, I guess, Fleet Foxes, and Frank Sinatra. Just off, That's just off the top of my head. There's others. There's so many. I mean, to just say, like, here's my favorite band. Here's my f- There's just so many. I mean, you know, the fucking Beatles. Whatever. Who, who, who gives a shit about my musical taste? But uh, Robin Pecknold, who is the lead singer of Fleet Foxes, uh, his Instagram is fucking awesome. He shares a lot. 
He shares a lot with the fans. Sometimes little little snippets, little 10 or 20 second little pieces of songs that he's working on for the next album, little things like that. So lately, Robin Pecknold of the Fleet Foxes puts on his Insta story, I have a special request. I've been working on a solid a song called Can I Believe You for too long. The title says it all. RE lyrical content. Thought it would be cool if the arrangement behind it was in this state of constant but very fluid morphing slash shifting to mirror the lyrics. Neat. Like maybe 100 people recording vocal harmonies in all different timbers and they are in this fluid ever morphing wash. But I don't know 100 people, so can you help me? Here are the parts. Okay. And then, let me, uh, he has an example. Uh, listen, listen to this fucking voice. Well, that's not his voice yet. Okay, so he says, oh, shush. B major, 153 beats per minute. Time signature is like a bar of 10, then a bar of 8 for simplicity's sake. I don't know shit about music. I don't, I have a very vague understanding of what that means. Vocal part one comes in on the one. Part two, also on the one. I get what that means. By the way, I could just, I could listen to his, uh, him do that fucking all day. His voice and all the different harmonies that he just creates with himself. Uh, And there's my phone going crazy. Silence. Uh... And then he says, part three, forgive my demo pitch. Okay, whatever. So he's got these three parts that he's recorded. And then all together, very simple. Interacts with lead melody in a cool way, though. It's fucking gorgeous. I could listen to that all day. Anyway... If you have any interest in recording yourself, this is Robin Pecknell, this is all on his Insta story, and he says, if you have any interest in recording yourself singing these simple parts and emailing them to robinpecknell at gmail.com, uh, not to be confused with birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com, R-O-B-I-N-P-E-C-K-N-O-L-D, robinpecknold at gmail, I'd be so appreciative, and it could end up being cool. Any instruments welcome, really, the more stuff, the better. Mix it up, any octaves, and if you can't sing, honestly, that's preferable. Hmm. Separate tracks is ideal, wave format, blah, 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 blah. No deadline, recording all year, need to figure out the morphing technology. So stoked, so many people are down, this is going to be sick. Um, and a bunch of other shits. Okay, so now he's his next thing, he's got a few just instructions on what to do, what he's asking for, answering some questions. And then he says, I love the internet. He's getting responses quickly, as you would imagine. This is just people who emailed him. Who obviously have some ability. Some musical ability and vocal ability. There's another one. I mean, that's fucking awesome, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe you hate it. I don't care. 
and there's just a million of them. He's got this one. And he writes, damn, so sick. Should just crowdsource the whole album like this and call it Class Action Lawsuit. There's another one. It's just a... Okay, you get the idea, right? There's another one. Cool. Killing in the name of so, and then, and then he. So that's all the. This is all the submissions. It's just like some, he's playing some samples of shit that people sent him after this request. Like almost instantly after this request went out, which I think is awesome. And he goes, so the most beautiful piece of music I've been involved in was made entirely by y'all, and I want to cry. And then he's, you know, it's something about the irony of, you know, this was kind of an anti-internet type song. And then, you know, the irony is that it brought out the best the best parts of the internet. Sometimes the internet can be pretty pretty cool, things like that. So this is like, he's got everything all mixed together. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty sweet. Okay. So, and by the way, he's he's like recording this, all of this that he's recording now. He's somewhere in upstate New York. Like he's in the mountains somewhere. The Catskills, I think, which is awesome because I wish he was. I wish he was recording in the Adirondacks. That would be perfect because. One of the things I love about Fleet Foxes is when I first heard their music, I thought, wow, it sounds like the Adirondack Mountains, you know, brought to life in in music and, and vocals. So it's, it's that's music that we play anytime we go up into the mountains, whether it's in New Hampshire or Vermont, and certainly in New York and the Adirondacks, Lake Placid, all that shit. That's, Fleet Foxes are in pretty regular rotation when we're driving around the mountains, even in, in North Carolina back in the day. Uh, so it makes me happy to know that he's actually in New York, maybe not in the Adirondacks, but he's close and he's in the Catskills. He's in the, he's in mountains in New York recording music that reminds me of the mountains in New York. So I, I think that's fucking, that's, that's tits, man. That's, isn't that what the kids say? That's tits. Uh, so, so I, I was listening to all these submissions and I thought, what? Well, I have a terrible voice. I should submit. He said no vocal something is required, so why don't I submit? I'll send him a submission of my horrendous voice because I thought there's a 0% chance it gets used. Completely understand that. Uh, it will be tossed in the, in the trash bin of his computer. But at least I can say that I, in a very small way, was part of the f- creation of the Fleet Foxes album. I re- at least I ended up in the reject pile for the next album. And that's that's good enough for me. So <laughs> I did three takes, <laughs> which was two takes more than I thought I would do. And the first, and of course, we were, Kimmy and I were just sitting at the kitchen table. The kids were playing video games. They had been completely silent. And as you know, 
kids will be silent for five straight hours until you start talking, and then they will all start talking, and then they will ask you questions. So, Jesus fucking Christ, what's going on with this? Anyway, uh, so you hear the first take, which is me getting pissed off because I was recording my sweet, uh, my golden, my sweet golden, fuck, fuck you, fucking stop doing that. All right, turn that off. Turn that off. That's enough. I was recording the Golden Pipes, uh, take one, and then, of course, the kids started talking, so you get to hear me get pissed off and then realize that I was still recording while I was getting pissed off. Uh, Take two was interrupted because Kim was sitting next to me and started laughing. And then take three, that's the the money take, and uh, I think you'll agree with me. So here's take one. Can you? Oh, it's still recording. Shit. Uh, here's my submission, Mr. Pecknold. So there's there's submission number one, which was me. Well, there's outtake number one, me getting pissed off at the kids for talking after being perfectly silent for 20 minutes. And uh, here's take two. And a one and a two and a... Uh... <laughs> you idiot. So there's me getting interrupted because Kimmy was laughing because probably if I were to guess, I would say probably not many, uh, many artists start out their, their track by going and a one and a two. And, uh, so that one didn't work so well, but this one, this one is perfection. Here's take three. And this was the one that I sent to Mr. Robin Pecknold. <clears throat> oh, it's uh it's so bad. I love it. Uh I can't as Cam pointed out, I sounded like somewhere between Homer Simpson and Plankton from SpongeBob, which is uh which is true. Somewhere between Homer Simpson and Plankton from SpongeBob and somebody who has no uh, lyric, uh, no vocal ability whatsoever. So naturally, I sent it, and uh, I'm sure it will be featured uh, as the as the highlight track of the next album. Has to be. Uh, how how could he use? How could he not use that? So there it is. There's my. I guess you could say I was kind of like the fifth fox. I don't even know how many are in the band. I think it's four. There might already be five. Either way, I'm uh, the fifth or the sixth fox. In the Fleet Foxes, I think, after that submission. But that's pretty cool, though. If you guys, I mean, fucking, you know, check out his Instagram. If any of you assholes can sing or not, fuck it. Send, maybe if we, we could have, like, the whole track uh, could just be people who listen to the Birthday Boy podcast. Could just send their submissions to Robin Pecknold at Gmail and get on the next album in some way, shape, or form. I'd like to talk a little bit about Myrtle Beach because there's still some stories from Myrtle Beach that I haven't told. Uh, so one of them, man, I never, whenever we go down there, if if the TV's on, it's usually, like I mentioned, I bring all my video game consoles because, like, what else is there to do? So I sit around and play video games <laughs> while everybody's out doing their beach volleyball and all that shit. 
And uh, so I don't really watch too much TV. And if we do, it's like it's Netflix or something. But we happen to catch the local news in Myrtle Beach. And I th- it probably stands to reason there's probably not a ton of news in Myrtle Beach on a, on a regular basis. Probably the mo- most of the news, the majority of the news is probably about the weather, I would think. And traffic, touristy, trafficy bullshit. So probably some traffic reports, some weather reports, and you know, and not much else. And I was proven, my theory was proven correct when Kim had the the, the news on at one point. I don't know which station it was. I don't know which local affiliate. Uh, it might have been CBS. It might have been after Price is Right. Anyways, uh, the news was on during lunch, and some of the big topics were. Uh, one was uh, the hot dog eating contest, two was a cupcake eating contest, and then three was a flash mob party. And they so they're like, y'all want to make sure you get on down to the hot dog eating contest tomorrow? It's going to be a good one. And then after that, another big story here in the local area is the cupcake eating contest that's going to take place after the hot dog contest. And then from there, we spoke with the mayor about the flash mob party that's coming up after the hot dog contest and the cupcake contest. There's going to be a flash mob party. Here's the mayor to tell you all about it. And then it cuts to the mayor. (laughs) The mayor's like... Well, yeah, we're going to have ourselves a flash mob party because, you know, the Internet is this great new thing where you can find out all these new ideas like flash mobs, which I think was, I think a flash mob's like 10 years old. But, hey, that's great. They're getting, Myrtle Beach is getting, you know, they've got electricity, they've got running water, uh, they've got mini golf, and now they've got, uh, they found out about flash mobs. Better late than never, right, to find out about a flash mob, so... There's Flash Mob, you know, it's just this latest internet craze from 2011, so we're doing it now, and you want details on the Flash Mob party or the cupcake eating contest or the hot dog eating contest? Well, then go on down and find out somehow. I don't know. And, of course, they give no details about it because, you know, why use the internet to find out about those things when you can have the mayor tell you about it on the news? And that's exactly, uh, I think that's an exact uh, replication of, of his accent and exactly how, well, golly, I done drink me a 12 sarsaparillas and then I'm going out to the hot dog eating contest and the flash mob party and the cupcake contest too. That's, uh, people are, if anybody from Myrtle Beach is listening, they're like, whoa, how did he get the mayor? Uh, so, yeah, that's that's uh, just a little taste of what's going on in the local news and the local community in Myrtle Beach. But fucking, how great is that though? If that's like, it'd be nice to live. In some ways, you know, I I like living in a place where there's news. I've always lived in you know relatively populated areas where there's you know there's some kind of news going on. I mean, in Albany, it's it's a lot of you know it's the capital and states. So there's always you know politics and this shit going on and you know any of the other big cities in florida north carolina the boston area but i would maybe that's maybe that'd be kind of nice to live in a place where like that is that's the headline news is the flash mob and the cupcakes and the hot dogs and uh you know every once in a while a, a cat runs up a tree maybe that's part that's got to be nice it's a fucking tourist town 
You should be so lucky to have that be your your leading stories instead of horrible murders and car accidents and things like that. Uh, another one was actually not at all in Myrtle Beach, but on the way back, we stopped, uh, yeah, somewhere in Fredericksburg. Uh, we did not stay at the Days Inn that we stayed at on the way down that had a poorly functioning air conditioner, and it was uh, about 100 degrees in the room when we got there. And then eh, by the time it cooled down overnight, maybe got down to like 85. It was really, really great night's sleep at the fucking Days Inn. But what kind of asshole stays at the fucking Days Inn? I don't know. So we deserved it for, you know me trying to save a buck and stay at this piece of shit. On the way up, we stayed at a slightly nicer place. Uh, and when I checked in, I was behind somebody in line, and the guy, the checkout guy at the hotel, at the, uh, whatever it's called, the Homewood Suites, out there in Fredericksburg, Virginia, I wonder if they have a cupcake eatings too. Um, yeah, just clan rallies. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, I was at the hotel waiting to check in. There was a gentleman in front of me checking in, and the, uh, the, the, the front desk guy asked if he had any pets to claim. It's a pet-friendly hotel. They need to obviously you know, register their pets when the guests check in. And the guy says, Nope, no pets, unless you count my kids. They're animals. <laughs> Bouncing off the walls and swinging from the chandeliers and that sort of thing. <laughs> And the fucking poor bastard behind the desk had to laugh. Oh, that's a good one. I've never heard that before. And uh, so he left, and then I went up, and I checked in. The guy asked me the same thing, if I had any pets. And so, of course, I said, not unless you count my kids. <laughs> no, I didn't. I did not say that. But I did say, uh, let, let me ask you, how? what's the percentage of guests that checks in? And when you ask the pet portion of the questionnaire... That they say, oh, only my kids. <laughs> and his response was, uh, some of them say that. Most people say the kids. And then the rest of them say, only if you count my wife. I thought, Jesus Christ, what fucking assholes go in there? Do you have any pets that you wish to claim, sir, on your on your visit with us here at the Homewood Suites? Uh, just my bitch wife. She's a fucking ape. Like, who the fucking goes in and says that? Your poor wife's sitting out in the car, and you're inside calling her an animal. Like, kids, it's one thing, because kids, you know, they they are animals. They hop all over the place. But still, the point is, the fucking joke, you don't think this guy hears that fucking joke every time? Just just like when you go to a, a store, and your item doesn't scan, and you, oh, I guess it's free then. <laughs> every fucking asshole tells that stupid goddamn joke you fuck shut up it's not free it can't scan i know you're being cute and you're funny you little dad jokes get the fuck out of here i'm gonna beat you over the head with this item that can't scan that's that's what's going to happen uh anyway so so yeah so this this hotel manager is yeah a lot of people tell me that they're their wives when i ask if they're checking any animals and he said, I, I gave a sympathy chuckle only one time. It was the first time, uh, my first day on the job, and it was the first time I heard that, and somebody said, oh, just my wife. And the guy kind of chuckled, uh, the front desk guy chuckled, and then he realized the wife was standing right next to him and did not appreciate that. Isn't that weird that somebody's wife wouldn't appreciate being called an animal when checking into a hotel in front of a stranger, like, you know, humiliating your your poor wife who's standing next to you? Any animals? <laughs> yeah, my goddamn Horse wife here. She's a fucking animal. She stinks. She smells like shit. I'm checking her in. Can I count her as an animal? <laughs> uh, 
How does anybody? How do you? How does anybody like humans? Fucking assholes. Uh, so I asked the guy, so you hear this probably every day, right? Somebody makes that joke, and he said, yeah. And I said, and then I'm going to guess probably like 99% of the people who make that joke think that they're the first person to ever make that joke, and you've never heard that joke before. And he said, yeah, they all think that. Uh, and then I have to kind of chuckle like I've never heard it before. And I thought, <laughs> great, great joke that I didn't hear 75 times today already and 3,000 times in the last week. Yeah, you're really, really clever. So, you, uh, the retail people and the front desk people at hotel, the oh, hospitality people, I always, I have such, such empathy for those people because it's the, because having to, like, deal with the public, to deal with people, and, and then to, like, dealing with people is one thing. I mean, everybody has to deal with people in some way, shape, or form at their job, but to have to deal with the people and to have to be able to accommodate people, to be in the business of, providing accommodation whether it's at a store or a restaurant or a hotel that fucking sucks because you know the customer customer is always right kiss my ass the customer is always a fucking moron and an asshole and a douchebag and a piece of shit and you have to pretend that they're not and that's the hardest thing in the world and if you can do that you can do anything so this these front managers at these these front desk managers at these hotels who have to listen to these fucking assholes calling their wives and kids animals and thinking they're the only ones who have made <laughs> my goddamn kids and my wife, the fucking animals. Yeah, look at yourself, you fucking, you fucking wildebeest. I don't think it's the kids and the wife, you smelly piece of shit. You sweaty, smelly asshole. So that's that was a fun part. That's always fun. Being on the road and having to share the road with everybody and then share a hotel and a pool with everybody. And oh, just, you know, out in the blazing sun. And, and it's not just that, but all the... You know they've got three, they've got three f- big fat kids doing cannonballs all day while your seven-year-old who's like knows how to swim but is still at like that beginner's level and you know they're just jumping on top of her. It's really good. And by the way, I say fat kids not because I'm trying to shame them because they're fat. I'm saying they're fat kids because they're fat kids. I'm specifically referring to three fat sons of these people who were staying at the place that we were staying. And it's usually like it's a pretty chill, surprisingly chill atmosphere at the pool. Sometimes it gets really crowded, you know, they're playing. sometimes you have to listen to fucking country music playing and you just want to like blow your ears, your eardrums out. And, uh, you know, cause no, and, and I don't dislike, I like every kind of music. I like country music. I like Johnny Cash and I like Willie Nelson and I like Dolly Parton and I like Waylon Jennings. I like people who are like great, artists who transcend the genre uh, to which they are attached and they're just you, you anybody can listen to their songs just just you know just like people who don't really like rock and roll probably like the beatles and you know sinatra you know, all these great all these great artists not this fucking uh, you know honky tonk uh, pop hybrid bullshit and that's the, uh, that they play that all day so they blast it out by the pool like what did, did we vote on what did i miss the vote we did. We all did, we all got together and decided this is what we're gonna listen to at the fucking pool all day. Is this shit music? And and even if I like the music, I st- it still sucks because I didn't pick it. You know, even if they're you know, you know you're playing you know, playing the Cure, I still don't care. I mean, that's better than fucking you know hip hop, honky tonk, whatever the fuck you know inbred music. But it's you know. F- I didn't pick it. I don't want to hit. Just can't we just not? Can we just agree? Like everybody has different tastes. We don't listen to. Maybe we don't play music at the pool. 
Sing a song in your fucking head. Maybe do that. While your big three fucking fat fucking kids are jumping on top of my kids. And by the way, again, I love all body shapes and sizes. I'm a, I'm a big fat fucking guy. I'm a big fat fucking kid myself. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, these, these three fat kids combined probably don't weigh as much as I do. Even though I have, I have lost officially 25 pounds in the last two months. And so, you know, so now I'm not as much of a big fat as I was before. But these three fat fucking kids jumping on top of everybody, splash, splash, cannonball, cannonball, belly flops. And uh, while you're playing your fucking music that nobody asked to play, you know, can we can we just like pretend for two seconds that there's other people in this universe except for you? Oh, oh, you're gonna, oh, you're gonna stand at, the, at one end of the pool. The dad's gonna stand at one end of the pool, and the the kids are gonna stand on the on the ledge on the other end. And he's gonna throw the football. Great. So now you have monopolized the entire pool, because I don't know, I don't know how good you were at throwing a fucking football, you fucking asshole, at your stupid fat sons. And now my kids are trying to just swim in the deep end and have fun. They're just swimming around. Other kids are swimming around. There's there's like babies who don't know how to swim and they're little training little floaty things. Yeah. Yeah, throw the football. It's a great idea. Throw the football because we didn't actually, none of us wanted to be in this fucking pool anyways. We just, we wanted to get out and sit in the sun and listen to your shitty fucking inbred music, you asshole. That's what we wanted to do. So, so yeah, please carry on. Throw the football. Throw the football. Nobody wants to do anything else except sit on the side of the pool, out of the way, and watch you play fucking football. And then, and then have your big fat three sons splash on top of my kids. Well, the great thing is, though, like, Cam... You know, Kaylin is just in her own world. She doesn't let anything really bother her. She's just, she's swimming underwater. She's swimming around. These fat fucks are splashing all over the place. And by the way, uh, every few seconds, I want to remind you, all all shapes and sizes are beautiful and wonderful, and, I, and, and it doesn't matter. As long as you're healthy and happy, that's all that matters. It's just because I'm only mentioning that these three kids, and they were like 11, 10, 11, 10, no, they were 11, 12, 13. I don't know. I don't know how, you know. Fat kids sometimes look like they're fifty years old just because you know they're they're fat, and I'm not I'm not fat shaming. I'm just describing fat kids who happen to be fat. As a fat person, I'm just if somebody described me like, hey, yeah, it's the big fat guy over there, I'd be like, oh, yep, yeah, I'd put my hand up. That's me over here, one fat guy. So I'm not shaming them for being fat. I'm shaming them for being assholes who are fat. And their fatness made the situation worse because if they were little skinny kids, the big splashes wouldn't have been as big and the ripples and waves in the pool wouldn't have been as detrimental to my children who were trying to swim and enjoy the, 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 the pool. And then on top of that, you've got other kids throwing the football, their dads jumping in, all this shit. Like, just, you know, go to hell. Go to hell, all of you. But the great thing is uh, Cam didn't take any of that shit. She never does. Kaylin didn't let it bother her. She's just, she's going about her business. She's cool. She's fine. Kaylin, uh, Cameron is like me where everything bothers her. She's bothered by everything. She's at the point now where she starts swearing at traffic that I haven't even realized has done something shitty. And I'm like, what are you, what are you getting so angry at? And she's like, this guy over here, this shithead, he's going to cut you off. I'm like, all right, all right, relax, relax. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I'll, maybe I'll keep my fucking mouth shut in traffic and I'll just be angry on the inside at all the morons driving anyways so so Cam uh, much like her old man is bothered by everyone and everything and so uh, these big fat three fat kids um, I, I, I kind of overheard their names I think it was 
Uh, one was named Ponderosa. Uh, Sweden House was the other one, and I think Ground Round was the third. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to get a lot of trouble for this episode, I think. I'm not, sh- I'm not body shaming. They're just, they happen to be large children, and their girth had an impact on the enjoyment of the pool for the rest of the swimmers. That's all I'm saying. If I told you that it was two, you know, three little tiny pixies who barely made a splash in the water, then nobody would care. There's no story because it's not bothering us. It's big, you know, Sweden House and Ground Round and Ponderosa. We're doing belly flops and big cannonball splashes, sending waves, you know, up to the up to the ninth floor. Uh, be, you know, so their their size contributes to the unpleasantness of of the of the swimming experience for the other swimmers in the pool. That's why I'm not saying they're beautiful. They're they're gorgeous. These kids, you know, be whatever size and shape you want to be. Be proud of your body, and and it's it's a beautiful. It's your, your body's your temple. I'm a big fat fuck, but I'm look at me. I'm gorgeous. I'm a big I'm a big f- fat slab of sexy meat. As you all know, anybody who's seen me knows. Like I'm, I look at me. I'm fucking. I'm beautiful. It's insane. It's unbelievable. But I'm a big fat guy who's who's really good. So I'm not. I'm not shaming them. I'm not saying they look. They're displeasing to the eye. Any any aesthetics. Uh, you know. I'm just saying their girth led to uh, waves that splashed as high as maybe the fifth or sixth floor and made it uh, less than enjoyable for the other children, including my own, including myself and my wife, who were just trying to swim and enjoy the pool. So Cam, as I'm trying to say, Cam doesn't take shit from anybody, and she's easily bothered by everybody, like her old man. So as these big motherfuckers, you know, Ponderosa and Sweden House and Ground Round are doing their big, their big fat splashes into the pool, Cam... Would get out because the kids, you know, the kids just love to jump into pools. It's, oh, it's great. They should be able to. Um, not all three at once in one concentrated area where other kids happen to be. So that's the problem. If you're jumping into an area, if you're fat, skinny, whatever, jumping into the, an area where there's no kids, who gives a shit? Do it. Fuck it. But there's a bunch of children around swimming. Maybe don't jump right on top of them. Okay. So Cam would get out of the water and she'd wait for these big fuckers to jump in the water. And then she would launch herself pretty much right on top of them. And then they would look at her and she would just stare right back. And she's probably not telling us because she's known to, she's known to talk trash to kids who, uh, who give her a hard time. As I mentioned previously, she's also known to punch them right in the face. Um, luckily, that didn't happen. But she's just she's jumping on top of these kids, and then the fucking asshole redneck playing, throwing the football to his stupid kids at the other, from one end of the pool to the other. Now you got a football flying over your head, uh, and then and then and it's not just the football. It's not just throwing the football. It's like, son, I'm going to stand on the very far end of the pool. You're going to stand on the other end of the pool. I'm going to throw the football, and you're going to do a really cool, crazy jump and catch the football, and then splash in the water. Even though there's 20 other kids, some of them can barely swim in their little floaties with their parents just trying to enjoy the pool. But I'm going to throw this cool spiral to you, bro, and you're going to catch it and do all kinds of crazy tricks and then land in the water. So Cam, after she would jump on top of the fat kids, she... uh she would then go uh, just float on her back in the dead center middle of the pool in the deep end. And then the, the kids throwing the football back and forth with the dad would then just stand there and wait patiently. And I loved every minute of it. She would just, you know, f- just, just laying on her back, 
just deliberately getting in the way of these shitheads throwing their football and bringing their whole operation to a screeching halt, which I love. I'm so proud of her. She did all the right things. She, she jumped on the fat fucks just like they were jumping on, on her and everybody else, and then she she brought the, the redneck idiot football game to an end by just floating in the middle of the pool. And I love football. God damn, I love football. I don't want to see you and your fucking son and your fucking dad and your sister throwing the football. If there's nobody else in the pool, throw the fucking football. Do, it, take, do whatever the fuck you want in the pool. If there's a bunch of other kids, get your fucking football out of here, you stupid asshole. Because other people, it might surprise you to learn, they don't want to just sit on the side of the goddamn pool and watch you throw the football in between, uh, in between football breaks uh, that involves, you know, three, three fatties jumping on my fucking kids. And I say fatty in the most lovable possible way because, you know, it's, there's fatty tissue and deposits. It's a, I'm, I'm literally, they're just, you know, there's, there's fatty uh, remnants inside of them of the foods that they've chosen to eat, much like I have, you know, a lot of fatty things inside of me. It's not, it's not an insult. I'm fat. They're fat. Adults are fat. Kids are fat. It's okay. Be fat. Just don't be fat and jump on all the kids in the pool because that makes it worse. So that was a fun, fun time at the pool. We had a lot of fun times at the pool, I will say. Really, really enjoyable. But again, I, I just want to make it clear, uh, any, any things that I've mentioned about these particular fat children, I'm not, again, I'm not shaming them because they're fat. I'm shaming them because they're assholes whose fatness caused the unpleasantness that we all experienced in the pool. If it was just, yeah, look, there's lots of fat kids on the beach. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and talk about all of them because they didn't do anything. They're not harming anybody. They're they're living their lives. They're being themselves. Some people are like I said. Some some are fat. Some are skinny. It's just some kid walking down the street and he's fat. I'm not going to like call that out because good for him. Do whatever you want. I'm calling out people whose inappropriate behavior was exacerbated by their size. That's all. And again, I'm a I'm a fat guy too. If somebody looked saw me at the pool. Hey, can you describe the horrible man that you're talking about? Oh, yeah, he was a big fat guy with a beard. Hey, guilty as charged. That's me. Although, again, as I, as I said, I have lost 25 pounds, so I'm less fat than I was in April and May. Much less fat. Even some of my, like, I'm slowly fitting back into, I don't, I don't feel any smaller because I'm still, you know, when a really fat guy loses 25 pounds, he's still a really fat guy. Um, just 25 pounds lighter really fat guy. And, and so like, but I put on some t-shirts and I feel them, some of them fitting a little bit better, a little looser on me. I don't look like a, you know, like a pair uh, with a condom on it. It's like t-shirts that actually fit that aren't skin tight. So things are, things are going, going in a, in a good direction. And that's all. So there you go. Nice, nice time at the pool. Nice time at the pool with the, some charming young fellows. There it is. There's my song. Uh, so many memories. Careless Whisper. Takes me back to the old Seacoast days. I mean, it takes me back to the 80s when the song came out. And it was featured prominently on a particular episode of Knight Rider. But then more recently, in 2012, when I, when I departed Seacoast Bank in Florida. <clears throat> God damn, Baba Booey. Caught clearing my throat like a fucking pro. Noin. Uh, hey, both. When I worked at Seacoast and I, I was leaving the bank, departed, departing the bank, and uh, was moving on, 
to a really terrible time in my life where I worked for Robert Half, which is the worst company on the planet. Uh, if you see a job posting by Robert Half, it's probably a fucking fake job posting. I'll just I'll, I'll let you know that now. Because when I worked there, we, I was a recruiter for three months and I couldn't stand it in West Palm Beach, downtown West Palm Beach, and, and in Boca Raton as well. And uh, they would, some of the activities, in addition to, you know, finding business and getting recruits to come in, good candidates for jobs, you would have to uh, post jobs online. Problem was, technically these jobs exist or existed at some point. They may not necessarily exist at the minute that we're posting them. Is it misleading? Uh, maybe. Is it fake fucking information because that job doesn't currently exist and people are getting excited because they see a nice salary and a nice job that meets their qualifications and it's really just being posted uh, you know, to reel in all the fish uh, out in the sea there to, to bring these assholes in, these poor bastards to come in and interview for jobs that don't exist? Yeah, yeah. At least in 2012 it was. I can't speak for the practices today in 2019, but when I worked there in 2012... I remember posting fake-ass fucking job listings. Anyway, didn't plan on talking about that, uh, but I did plan on it when I was leaving Seacoast and I had to transition uh, my my duties to young Mr. Chris Corsia, as you may know from previous episodes. You know, Chris Corsia, nice fellow, showed up as the intern, got paid, uh, I believe, I, I'm trying to remember here, I think it was $0.00 and 0 cents. I'm, I'm breaking your balls, Corsia, because obviously you make you make an, an astronomical amount more than that now. <laughs> so, and it was good fun to bust his balls because he was he was just sitting there in the in the little uh, Milton desk, like an office space, taking care of the roach problem and uh, getting paid zero dollars and zero cents. And then they brought him in full time. And then uh, right around you know a year after that was when I left, and uh, I had to teach him all of the ways of the Asset Liability Committee uh, package and reporting and interest rate risk modeling and all that stuff. And I I really didn't give a fuck. I loved Chris, and I still do. He's a very, very, very good friend, and I was happy to teach him everything to help make the transition smooth so he could hit the ground running and be the best little uh, Alco boy there is. That was my nickname, too, uh, because Asset Liability Committee called Alco for the non, non-banking folk. Um, and so, uh, yeah, around the office I was known as Alco Boy. And then when I left, I passed the title of Alco Boy on to Chris. And there will always be an Alco Boy. And Alco, Alco Boy lives on in spirit, even though I haven't been Alco Boy in about eight years, seven years, whatever it is. Uh, I'll always be Alco Boy. And uh, so anyways, so Chris, uh, we spent some several weeks transitioning my role to his and part of that was we sat in a conference room in the dark with my laptop projecting on the screen so that I could run through all of the little things that I needed to do to make the things happen to do the reporting and all this shit and uh, so Chris and I would spend like seven of our eight hours at work in this dark conference room and mostly I would just sit there playing on my iPhone and he would sit there sweating because he felt I wasn't uh, giving him all the full picture of everything that needed to be done. I don't know. That's probably true. If I think about it, I gave him the, uh, you know, <laughs> I gave him the Cliff Notes version, uh, no relation to Cliffy. But uh, Chris, uh, yeah, he would sit there and sweat and say, hey, man, uh, I'm getting a little nervous. You've got like a few days left. 
do I have everything I need? And I would just turn to him and smile and be like, eh, I'm not too worried about it. And then go back to playing words with friends. And then he would start sweating and pissing himself more. And he would, uh, and Chris would say, oh, oh, gee willikers, uh, gee willikers, John, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, a little nervous about this. I, I, maybe I'll have to talk to Mr. Schaefer. Uh, Mr. Schaefer, I don't think that John is giving me the full picture of uh, of what it what it takes to be an Alco boy. And the only thing I want to do is be the best the best doggone Alco boy that this bank has ever seen. And he's sitting on his phone playing playing draw something in words with friends because it's 2012, of course, and that's what people play nowadays in the modern era of 2012 on their iPhone 4. Anyways, Mr. Schaefer. I could barely eat my dopey bagel because I was too nervous about John not giving me all the information I need to be the best doggone Alco boy there is. And I would say, Chris, relax, relax, man. Uh, stop talking exactly like the way I just talked, and just relax. I'm giving you, I'm giving you the best information, uh, only the best, only the best uh, information that there is, the biggest and the best, the biggest and the best, Cliffy. Uh, so yeah, so I, and, and you know what, God damn it, Chris was worried, he didn't think I was giving him all the information, I would just look up and say, hey, I'm not worried about it, buddy, and then go back to eating my snacks and playing on my phone, and, uh, and then he would sit there and piss himself, and, uh, but who went on to be the best goddamn Alco boy that that bank has ever seen, obviously aside from me, oh, that was you, Corsia, you did it, buddy, you knocked it out of the park, and then a couple years later, I sent you this guy, a uh, recruiter of mine who was, said, hey, I've got a job here in Winston-Salem. And I said, what kind of fucking piece of shit, uh, know-nothing scumbag would live in Winston-Salem or even be from Winston, Winston-Salem? No way. I'm not a stupid asshole. But you know what? I've got just the right, I just got just the right guy. And goddamn, a few months later, there was Chris and the whole family moving up to Winston-Salem. And he's had a great job, and now he's in Texas. He's got another great job that he just started or whatever. I don't care. But, uh, you know, and that's all thanks to me. That's entirely all of Chris's success is 100% thanks to my teachings and my wisdom and my ways and sitting in that dark room with the projector. And then people would start to, you know, the rumors would start to spread, like, what's, you know, what are... What's Hopkins and Corsia? They're sitting in the, that room in the dark all day. What's going on? And then, and then Chris would would come and sit down, and I would I would get my my iPhone out and I would play Careless Whisper. And then I think one time uh, our buddy Jay walked in while we were playing Careless Whisper, and uh, and that that of course only fueled the rumors of what was really happening in the confines of that conference room. And yeah, we were we were doing it up, just one Alco boy to another. It was just Alco Boy to Alco Boy, Careless Whisper, Sexy Sax Man. Just, it was the best of times. It was the best of times. So, <laughs> and I know, uh, I know that Chris is really happy that I told that story. And I did mention in, in my Chris Corsia imitation about the dopey bagel. And that's because one time I had a flat tire. I was coming into work and I used to take Kim's car to work so that she could, my car was much better. And her car was an Eclipse, and it had two doors, and it was terrible to put children in it because there's two doors. So I would take that car to work, and I would leave her my four-door car so if she had to go anywhere with, with the babies, then she could do that without having to take a fucking Eclipse with two doors. and You know, kind of a death trap. 
Um, also, her air conditioning didn't work, which was uh, that started about a week or two after we moved to Florida. So I just I drove to and from work every day all year long, all summer long, with no air conditioning, with a suit and tie on. It was it was a really good really good experience. Uh, and then on top of that, her car. Uh, one day I'm traveling to work. And it just feels funny, and I pull over, and there's a hissing, and I can tell this isn't going well. But there's a there's a Goodyear station just a couple blocks from Seacoast. If I can just make it there, I'll be fine. And as I got closer and closer, the tire is just like ripping to shreds, and I stopped, and I stopped at some place. <laughs> I bought a bunch of fucking duct tape, and I'm just duct taping the tire because I just want to. At that point, I didn't have, I no longer had Geico and I didn't have AAA. And, you know, nowadays I've got like three different roadside things between like Geico and Toyota and AAA. Any number of, I could have three different people come and pick me up if I had a flat tire or a, a mangled tire or something like that. And I, I don't know how to change a tire and I'm never, I, I don't care to learn how to change a tire because I'd rather pay to have somebody else do that for me. So, uh, you know, but back in that day, I didn't know how to change a tire and nor did I have somebody to do it for me. So the only option was to just try and try and coast into the Goodyear place. So I have my I've got my tire wrapped in duct tape. I stopped at every gas pump, every block, putting air in the tire. And then, of course, I stopped. I didn't know anybody's phone number. So I had to stop at Seacoast and I ran upstairs to just tell I knew Chris got there early like me and I knew he would be there and some other people would be there. So I could just tell him, hey, I, I got to take my car to the shop. I'll be back hopefully within an hour or so. But I'm, I'm late for work. I'm officially late for work. And of course, I was already late for work. I would have gotten to work probably 30 or 40 minutes prior to that had the tire not been, you know, leaking air, just, you know, leaking air at a rapid rate. And I had to stop at every gas station to fill it with air every, every few, every five minutes and then wrap my tire in duct tape because I'm an idiot. So I swung by Seacoast, ran upstairs to the accounting department and I to tell, Hey, I'm going to be late. I got to go. Meanwhile, my car is out there wrapped in duct tape, still leaking air at a, at a feverish pace. And of course, the first person I see, there's Corsia standing outside his, his little office. He was a, a full-time guy, I think, at this point, and he was eating his dopey bagel. He had a dopey bagel every morning, and I used to call it a dopey bagel because he would stand there with his little smirk on his face, his little shit-eating grin, eating his dopey bagel. He's like, oh, hey, what is this? And it was, it was like 7.45, 7.30 in the morning. I usually got there at 7. He got there at 7, too. And I, I'm walking up, and there's Chris just standing outside with his little dopey bagel, and he's, oh, oh, hey Hopkins, uh, half day is it? And I'm like, I'm like, not fucking now, Chris. I don't have time for your shit. I got a fucking flat tire. It's I can't even make it to the fucking garage, the Goodyear shop down the road. I, I'm late. I'm late for work. I gotta go. I'll be back. Just tell everybody I'm late. I got a fucking car emergency. You fucking asshole. And he's just eating, takes a big bite out of his bagel. He's like, okay, but it's not a half day or anything. I'm like, Chris, not the time or the place. Not the time or the place. So, so I got back in my car, filled it up with air and the tire wraps more duct tape that did absolutely nothing, completely useless duct tape, and drove the, the you know half mile or however it was. And pretty much as I pulled into the Goodyear station, there was there was really nothing left of the tire. It was just, I just, just made, I, I was actually not sure I was going to, it was a left turn, and I wasn't sure that I was even going to make it across the street to get into the parking lot. And I got into the parking lot, and I stopped the car in the middle of the parking lot and ran in and said, I need a tire. I need a tire. I got this duct tape. <laughs> uh, I got this duct tape all over my tire. You got to give me a new tire. <laughs> so, yeah, look, 
I call everybody else an idiot. That's because I'm a I'm the biggest fucking idiot there is. Only an asshole like me drives around no air conditioning with fucking duct tape wrapped around his tire to try and keep it from leaking air. We're in a place where he doesn't even know where the air is leaking from. So I've got this duct tape covered tire. I've got Corsi eating his fucking bagel. He's giving me shit about, oh, oh, 7.30, is it a half day? I'll have to tell Mr. Schaefer. He's going to be awful sore at you. And then, I'm, you know, on top of all my other problems, I've got Chris fucking screaming at me about the half days. All the, all the, we used to joke if, if somebody was like two minutes late, you know, oh, is it a half day? You know, I'd do the same shit. Of course, I didn't do it if he was coming, running in panicking because his car's falling apart in the middle of the road. That's the difference. That's the difference between me and Corsia. He'd gladly stand there eating that fucking bagel, that dopey goddamn bagel. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. It's good stuff. Good fun stuff. Seacoast. I don't know what the point of that was. Kim's car. Chris's bagel. Yeah, so so Chris and I, this was all part of us becoming very good friends. As much as I joke and I do the imitation, we used to do the imitation in front of Chris. And Chris and Jay, there was a little landing outside of our offices that wrapped around this, the Seacoast Bank has this big yellow thing called the honeycomb. Uh, it's this, this inexplicable structure, uh, just this yellow uh, pattern of circles, of big giant metal circles extending the entire length and width of the of the bank. I think to protect the windows, you know, it's some kind of weird like hurricane storm protection or something. I'm not really sure. But outside between the window and the honeycomb is a little a little walkway, a little landing out there. And uh, Chris and Jay used to do shit like uh, if we were there late, there were a lot of late nights, we'd be there 7, 8, 9 o'clock doing extra work, you know, especially, you know, month-end clothes, year-end clothes, all that kind of shit, quarter-end. And I was in my, we all had our offices, which was really cool. And I'm in my, I'm in my huge corner office doing work quietly, looking down at my desk. And all of a sudden I hear like, bang, 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 bang. And it's these two, and then I, and it scared the sh I leapt up out of my chair. My head went through the fucking ceiling. I was terrified because I thought like, I don't know, I thought somebody was like shooting at the window. I thought it was like lightning. I thought there was like some, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I turn around, these two idiots, Chris and Jay, are standing on this fucking landing outside of my office, banging on the window with their hands, rattling the window, and they're cackling like fucking, they Carlene called us the cackling crows. We were the, these two cackling fucking assholes. The only thing missing was a fucking bagel in Chris's hand. Banging on the window. To, they somehow made it out. They got the exit to, the, to that landing. I think the janitor was doing... I don't know what was going on, but somebody, a maintenance guy, had it open. It's fucking 9 o'clock at night. There's like five people in the whole building. These two assholes sneak out onto this walkway to bang on my window you know, from behind and scare the shit out of me. Good friends, but that's how we became good friends. Uh, you know what? I and quite a few times, Chris and Jay and I would go out to uh, to whet our whistle at uh, some of the local watering holes, like Flanagan's and Mulligan's and uh, Duffy's, and uh, some of the other the other bars in town. And uh, one time, it was just uh, for some reason, Chris wasn't there. It was just uh, just Jay, just Jay and and Johnny Boy. And uh, boy, we got we got plenty good and drunk on this on this weeknight on this hot, humid, steamy South Florida weeknight after work. I think it was a Friday night. I'm sure it was a Friday night. And uh, we went to we went to Mulligans. We listened to the uh, the Steel Drum uh, '80s cover guy playing playing some of the hits of the '80s on the Steel Drum while we 
quenched our thirst, if you will. And uh, we got we got so fucking hammered. Uh, we left that place and we went to the oyster bar next door, which is this like nice, quiet, classy establishment. Everybody's eating their seafood, having oysters, kind of high end, you know, highbrow suit and tie kind of place. And, and we were just sitting there, just two sweaty, drunk motherfuckers, drinking uh, drinking red wine. Much, much like the bowling story, we went from beer over to the next place, drinking red wine, trying to fit in with the locals, and just screaming and yelling at the top of our lungs. And we could tell we weren't wanted in the oyster bar, so Jay and I left the oyster bar, and we saw, boy, across the street, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of activity going on over there. Everybody's yelling and screaming and laughing. Everybody's smoking cigarettes. Uh, that must be a bar. They're having a good time. Let's go check it out, Jay. What do you say? Yeah, let's. That looks. I don't even. I didn't even know there was a bar there. Let's take a look. So we cross the street at this corner establishment with all these people on the street, various ages. You know, many of whom, like I said, smoking cigarettes, but talking and laughing and having a good time. And we're just fucking. We're just drunk off our ass. So we, we go right inside the door, and as soon as we get in, we both we both stop dead in our tracks. And we looked around, and there's, you know, it's like card tables, and there's lots of people. And they're all talking and having a good time. And I'm looking around and I'm like, where's the fucking bar? And Jay's like, I don't know. And then Jay's like, not only where's the bar, none of these people are drinking. Whoever's outside smoking cigarettes, did you did you see a drink in any of their hands? And I'm like, hmm, now that you mention it, no, I didn't see anybody drinking. And I don't see anybody drinking in here. And I don't see a bar. And then Jay tapped me on the shoulder and pointed to a sign. And it turns out that... Uh, this was a local rehabilitation center, and we had walked into the middle of the Friday night uh, evening uh, Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, drunk off our asses, laughing and screaming, having a good time, uh, looking to get a drink, and uh, talking about drinking as we walked in the door. Hey, I'm gonna get a scotch. What are you gonna have? I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna have a Tangeray, whatever the fuck Jay drank. And uh, yeah, we get in there again. It was another. It was another uh, needle screeching off the record kind of thing. At least all my other mishaps were in, uh, drunken mishaps were in actual bars. This was the first uh, barging into an AA meeting, just obliterated and looking looking for drinks. Where's hey? Where's the bar, guys? Yeah, good good job, good job to both of us. Another another walk off by Jay and Chris knocking uh, Jay and Jay and Hopkins knocking it out of the park. Uh, there was another. Uh, hey, while I'm telling Jay and Chris and John bar stories, there was another time. Uh, again, at good old Mulligan's in downtown Stewart, Florida, where Jay, Chris, and Johnny Boy had some uh, some after-work drinks. And we showed up at the bar. And this is one of my favorite uh, Chris Corsia misunderstandings. We all, three of us, bellied up to the bar. And this nice young lady came over, the barkeep. And uh, she said, uh, hey, what time is it, guys? And we kind of looked at each other like, was she literally... Is she literally asking the time, or is she like trying to, you know, do this thing where she's our friend? She wants more tips, wants us to order more drinks. Like, what's? And we're like, what? She's like, yeah. What time is it, guys? And she said it like that too. She's like, what time is it, guys? And so the, you know, we're all kind of staring at each other, and Chris goes, "It's Miller time." And then she, <laughs> and then she goes, "No, seriously, I, I'm literally asking what time it is." And we're like, oh. So you need the actual time, and she's like, "Yeah," and we're like, "Oh, it's it's six o'clock," and she's like, "She's like, she's like, what time is it?" And we're like, six, and she's like, "Okay," and so we we couldn't tell it. She's like, "What?" 
So she's asking the time, but she's asking, you know, what time is it, guys? Well, of course, he goes, it's Biller time. No, 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 seriously, what time is it? Uh, it's 6 o'clock. Okay. And then she leaves. She didn't take anybody's drink order. So we're like, okay, she needed to know what time, maybe because, like, happy hour ends at 6 o'clock? I don't know. And then she, <laughs> and then she comes back to take our drink order, except she doesn't ask Chris what he wants to drink because she comes back with a fucking Miller Lite. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, the poor bastard was trying to like play along with her, and he goes, "Hey, it's Miller time." Just trying to be a pal, and so she she was literally asking what time it was, while asking it in you know seemingly a rhetorical way. But Chris answered, "It's literally it's Miller time," and she said, "No, what time is it?" And then still went and got him a Miller because all he he literally said nothing more than it's Miller time and she brought him a Miller Lite and then Jay and, Jay and I ordered the drinks that we actually wanted while we watched Chris drink his disgusting Miller Lite beer which was great Hey what time is it guys it's Miller time No I need to know what time it is I don't have my watch on me You serious? Yeah what time is it guys? Wait So you need I to know the time? Serious. No not you Siri you dummy Ah, Miller time indeed. Uh, but seriously, you guys, do you know what time it is? No, seriously. It's 3.11 p.m. as I'm recording this. But do you know what time it really is? It's time for Sounding Board Theater. That's right, Sounding Board Theater. Today's installment of Sounding Board Theater. I don't know if anybody liked the one and only Sounding Board Theater that I did, but I don't care. I enjoy doing it. I'm going to do it again. Fuck. Mm. Mm. Ah, there goes the water everywhere. Sounding Board Theater. So as I mentioned, this is the Nashua, New Hampshire Civic Sounding Board, where all the local yokels ask for a slice of pizza and then get ridiculed for not looking it up themselves on Google, even though the whole purpose of the sounding board is to ask your neighbors for things that maybe Google can't tell you. So it's really good. It's a really good way. If you didn't already think your neighbors were fucking assholes, this is the way to know for sure. And uh, this one's from June 27th. And <clears throat> let me get into, let me get another drink of water. I want to try and do this. I want to try and flex my my acting chops here. Djokovic, Djokovic wins the uh, Wimbledon Open. Good for him. I had it on this whole time and I wasn't paying attention to any of it. But he's uh, he's the champ. He's the champ. It's Miller time for him. I can tell you that much. So. Uh, here's a question from the sounding board from June 27th, 2019. Uh, Loretta asks, A question, is there a noise ordinance in Nashua for mornings? Can you cut your lawn at four in the morning, thus disturbing your neighbors? Uh-oh, this is uh, people asking about noise. There's there's some things that, that uh, people are sensitive about. Um, 
especially in New Hampshire, because it's live free or die, which imbeciles take to mean they can do whatever they want with no consequences, like lighting off fireworks in the middle of the night in July. And then when somebody complains about them, uh, they tell them to, you know, move and they call them a pussy. And it's, it's really cool. Really. Um, it's a classy, classy, uh, bunch of people on the sounding board. So, so she was asked about the, about the noise and people rationally say, you know, 4am seems excessive. Other people don't believe she's telling the truth and saying that she's exaggerating about <clears throat> 4 a.m. So someone asks, uh, yeah, was someone actually doing that, or is that a theoretical question? Not a theory. It happened three times already in the last few months. I don't feel it's acceptable. Agreed. I would be very upset. It's not acceptable. I thought the law was no noise before 8 a.m. after 10 p.m. weeknights. This is why I've been skeptical since I read this. This is 4 a.m. looking out into my backyard. Please explain to me how someone is cutting his grass in total darkness. Are the headlights on his lawnmower? Is he wearing a coal miner's helmet with a light? Please explain to me. And then somebody else writes... Hey, the sun didn't come up until about 5.20 today. I doubt anyone was mowing their lawn in the dark. Oh! And then Loretta responds, Thanks for that. You are dead wrong. Looks like you're correct. I was ten minutes late. And then he posts uh, that the sunrise was at 5.10 instead of 5.20. Loretta then responds, The city worker was out there. I was wide awake because of it. You're not wrong about the time, as I don't care when the sun comes up. The city is mowing the grass at 4 a.m., and it's still dark. Yeah, well, unless you got video proof, it sounds like you're exaggerating to me, you fucking bitch. All right, he didn't say that part. I added that. And so it goes on and on. Nobody believes it. I believe it. You don't believe it. This guy doesn't believe it. Somebody writes... <laughs> Somebody writes, eh, I got one of them old-timey push mowers, see, that runs on people power specifically so I can cut my lawn at 0400 without disturbing my neighbors. And then somebody asks, uh, But what about the noise you make pushing the damn thing? You mean breathing? That's just goes on and on. And then finally, one of the darlings of the sounding board, uh, one Scott a gentleman by the name of Scott. I'll just call him Scott. That's his name. Uh, he's on every thread. He's on every post. And some people, uh, he's very polarizing. Most people don't particularly care for him. I love him because he's he provides entertainment. So Scott says, it's almost It almost seems like if people don't have something legitimate to complain about, they start making things up to complain about simply to complain. Somebody calls him out and says, So are you complaining? I suppose I am, LOL. I like to complain about people who complain about people who complain about things. Loretta responds, Ridiculous. Who would make that up? More people than you realize, Loretta. And why the angry face? She gave an angry emoji to his comment. This is reality. People love to complain. If you want to ignore reality, that is your prerogative. I'm angry because the city worker is breaking the national ordinance and I'm suffering. I'm suffering because of it. 
How are you legitimately suffering, woman? Suffering from what? What? We have had to deal with overnight road work for the last two months straight with jackhammers right in front of our house, and you're going to complain about a lawnmower at 4 a.m.? Complaining in this group isn't going to get anything accomplished in the first place. You're barking up the wrong tree. And then to show his disgust, he has a, uh, a gif of Judge Judy shaking her head and, and face-palming. And then Loretta responds to all of Scott's comments. The first time, no. The second time, no. Now it's become a habit. I deal with the road work and understood, but there's no reason to cut the grass at 4 a.m. Scott responds. How do you know someone there isn't a good reason for somebody... Is this really his sentence? How do you know that there isn't good reason for somebody to be cutting their lawn that early in the morning? Maybe they work two jobs, and they're exhausted when they get home, and have no other time to do it. Oh, did you ever think about that one? Of course you didn't, vile woman. Like I said, you're barking up the wrong tree. Take your complaint to the city if you feel the need to complain. It's no different than somebody starting up their Harley Davidson early in the morning to use it to go to work. Oh, they are much louder than lawnmowers. And then a newcomer emerges, named Mary. Scott, shut up, please. Sorry, but I hope he reads this back to himself. Oh, it's weird. Mary sounds a lot like Grandma Cliff or Saul Rosenberg. So annoying making excuses to a legitimate complaint. Scott responds, Mary Boulanger. Fuck it, that's her last name. Don't you ever dare tell me to shut up, lady. I would never speak to someone the way you just spoke to me, especially in this group. Have some respect for other people's opinions. Mary Boulanger, seriously, though, what makes you think that it's okay to tell someone to shut up? I really want to know what makes you think that you are so special. Just because you have your opinion, that does not make you right. Let us not forget that. Scott, calm down. I meant it in a parental way. Sh like, shut up that you would say to your kids. You have to admit you are hopping on. Further, I have seen you do this number of times to people. I don't think I'm any more special than you or anyone else. Let's not forget that. Mary Boulanger... You are very rude to me, telling me to shut up. I'm not rude to people the way you are rude to me. Simply because you have an opinion does not make you right. I don't think I was harping on anyone, but you're entitled to your opinion. And do not tell me to calm down. You got that, lady? He actually, this is, I'm not making any of this up. Mary Boulanger, it's very simple if I have something to say. I say it. I don't candy-coat anything, and I don't beat around the bush. If that's something you can't handle, perhaps you should consider a different hobby other than Facebook once in a while. Rudeness gets you nowhere. Mary says, 
Hey, I'll tell you what I did one morning at 6 a.m. when my neighbor's landscape company tried that crap. You go out there and blast them and tell them the ordinance, and if that doesn't work, call the police. Mary Boulanger, they have every right to start that work at 6 a.m. before the sun gets too hot. I take it you've never done landscaping before. You sound very bitter. Very bitter indeed. And somebody new jumps in. Legitimate complaint. Scott wastes so many people's time and energy with his trolling. Uh-oh. Well, there's Scott. Uh, her name's Jillian. Jillian, thank you very much for accusing me of being a troll. But apparently not enough people here are open and honest enough to realize that I am saying how I feel. I'm sorry that you're so closed-minded. You always have the option of ignoring someone's comment if you really don't like it. What's stopping you? Scott, you spend 90% of your time trolling this page and starting arguments with people. Don't you have better things to do? Jillian, obviously you must spend equal amounts of time trolling this page to know that. Oh, you can always scroll past if you don't like one of my comments. This is America, and that is your right. Instead of pointing... Some of my simple comments out. Why don't you go after some of the other people that actually call people names, you cunt? All right, he didn't say that, but whatever. And remember, it takes two to argue. If you don't like something I say, I, you can always not reply. But I think you enjoy the drama. This happens to be one of the only days this week that I have off from work. So I'm spending it on here. I think that's entirely my business, what I do on my days off. Thank you. Someone named Ginny writes, One of my neighbors was mowing his lawn at 5.30 a.m. and I called the police. They came right over and spoke to him. No need to get into a conflict with your neighbor by talking to them yourself. They usually don't take it nicely. Why, here's Scott. Ginny, why would you waste their time for something like that? Because it's the law and I have the right to sleep later than 5.30 on a summer morning with my windows open. Besides, it's their job to uphold the laws. Guess what? Your rights don't trump other people's rights, despite what you might think. You're not special. The police uphold the laws, and quiet hours is one of them. If they were busy chasing criminals, they would not have responded within five minutes to my call. Go fuck yourself. Okay. In fairness to Scott, I may have, may have added the go fuck yourself. Any of the swears uh, might be a, taking, taking some artistic license on my part, but... Uh, uh, that's today's... That's this week's Sounding Board Theater... And that's, uh, there's so many, I, I need to go back, there's so many f horrendous, horrendously amazing arguments and fights on there, and I'm sure if I wait another 10 minutes, I'll have, I'll have more material for ne next week, next week's show, and next week's edition of Sounding Board Theater, which I may or may not do next week, we'll see. Guess what, everybody? He's here, and he's not going anywhere anytime soon. OJ. 
OJ is, is here to stay, it looks like. Oh my goodness. Luckily, OJ is not verified on Twitter, and hopefully, hopefully never will be. Um, but at least for now, while he's still out there on the golf course, enjoying beautiful weather and a relaxing game of golf with his friends, smoking cigars, wearing a glove that fits, uh, at least it gives uh, gives something to talk about here on the podcast. And a few weeks ago, on June 25th, good old OJ was there to lament the loss of our beloved Michael Jackson. Great pop icon, American institution, and definitely, uh, much like OJ, definitely innocent of anything ever he was ever accused of or went to trial for in any way, shape, or form. So naturally, OJ uh, OJ really misses Michael. It probably has nothing to do with the fact that the attention for Michael took the attention away from OJ for a little while back in the day, but eh, whatever. He misses Michael. He misses Michael. He misses his Michael Jackson. Hey, Twitter world. You know, I woke up this morning and hey, Twitter talking about world. Michael Jackson's 10th anniversary of his death. Got me thinking about Michael. I met Michael, it seemed like 100 years ago. His family moved down the hill from me and then seen him. And yeah. I got to see him around. I actually got to be good friends with uh, uh, Jermaine. Years later, I was playing tennis in years my backyard later. with a neighbor when he got word that his nephew was sent home from summer camp Uh-oh. because they found out he had cancer and I guess it had something to do with insurance and they couldn't have him at the camp. He got a little upset and said, Jesus, we got to do something about that. So he Michael said, come camp. live with me. He called some of his friends. He was a celebrity. He called some of his friends. I called Michael. He was real hot there to see if he would help. And we got together to help in the beginning of camp good times. <laughs> we got we made a camp good times. Camp what's happening? Camp family ties and Camp Cosby show were already taken, so we went with Camp Good Times. I really hope we can open up Camp Sanford and Son this summer. Now I know there are probably many similar camps like that around the country now, and they probably would appreciate your donation. Anyway, years later my house was under siege by the media, and I had somehow got out. And I was staying at Don Omar's house, and I was getting <laughs> His house was somehow under siege from the media. I, I don't know why. Some years later, a little cancer kid moved in with Michael Jackson, started dressing like Michael Jackson, wearing a glove. They'd walk around with their hands in each other's pockets. You know, things that kids and adults do to express their friendship. Because, you know, Michael Jackson, he was just a kid at heart. That's all. He just never had a childhood. So he just, when he was adult, wanted to do things the kids got to do that he never did as a kid. Such as blow jobs with other kids. You know, stuff the kids do. Michael just, there was a childlike wonder in him. He just wanted to express, express himself with children. You know, when you're a little kid... And you get to bang other little boys all the time while you're watching movies, playing video games, and maybe have, you know, touchy-feely time and blowjobs and things like that. You know, Michael Jackson never got to do that when he was a kid. So he wanted to make up for it when he was an adult. So that's why he had sex, allegedly, with all those kids. I don't know what the big deal is. Anyway, for some reason... During those times and all those kids was living with Michael Jackson, 
I was, I was under all kinds of media scrutiny. I'm not really sure why. Maybe they just wanted to talk to me about Michael Jackson. Maybe they just wanted old OJ's autograph or maybe a picture or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember the specific circumstance surrounding all that media attention that I got back in the 90s. It's escaped me. It slipped my mind. But for some reason, all the media wanted to do was talk to OJ, follow OJ, take picture with OJ, maybe get my autograph. I don't really know. But what I do know is I'm going to get even with them. I have a list and I'm coming for you. We're going to have a lot of fun. But, um, it was restrictive. Michael found out, he called me and said, OJ, you got to take the kids up to Neverland Ranch. They love it. <laughs> and I did. And, and he it did. It was wondrous. <laughs> oh, the kids yes. would come up, they would bring some of their friends. It was oh. so great that I started bringing my adult friends up there. Michael was never oh, my there. God. But he always had gifts for the kids. My point is, I... Well, before I get to my point is, is that, uh, well, I wanted the kids to stay at Don Omai's house, the late great Don Omai, but he's dead now. So Michael Jackson said, hey, you got a bunch of kids who need a house? I got a big house that needs kids. Why don't you bring all the kids up to the Michael Jackson Neverland Ranch? And we'll have all kinds of surprises and treats and candy and games and all kind of fun. So I said, well, that sounds completely normal and harmless, just like me. I'm normal and I'm harmless. I can tell when I'm talking to another perfectly normal and harmless guy like I was with Michael Jackson. So I said, well, this sounds like it's on the up and up. Why don't I take all these kids? It's bad enough they've got cancer. Why don't I bring them to live with Michael Jackson for as long as they want? And so I did. And it was wondrous. What a wondrous place. And I'll bet the kids had a wondrous time there too. All those little private rooms, little doors you could sneak into back hallways and things, run around, play hide and seek. Who knows what kinds of mischief they got into. But that's Michael Jackson, just a big kid, just doing fun old kid things like anal sex and oral sex and video games and candy bars. You know, Neverland stuff, Peter Pan stuff. So that's what I did. I brought those cancer kids and dropped them off with Michael Jackson and said, here you go, kids, have a wondrous time. The kids would come up, they would bring some of their friends. It was so great that I started bringing my adult friends up there. The more kids, Michael the merrier. There, but he always had gifts for the kids. My point is, I could never debate anybody about Michael Jackson. I didn't know what oh. about his private life to do that. What I do know is my experience with him is that he was a kind and generous soul. Rest in peace, Michael. Take care. I'm going to drive off in my golf cart now. I don't know enough about Michael. I barely knew him at all. I mean, I sure I knew him enough to call him on the phone and invite the kid to the ranch and come out to Neverland. And sure, I knew Michael enough to go there myself and bring kids and bring the kids, friends of the kids, and they brought all the kids and all just big bus loads of kids coming in. But I didn't know Michael Jackson. Sure, I knew him enough to go to his house and talk to him on the phone and know that he wanted to have kids come over to his house and the kids to go over to Michael Jackson's house and do things with my but I didn't know Michael Jackson at all. I've never seen him. I've never talked to him. I've never gone to his house or anything like that, except for those times that I saw him and talked to him and went to his house. But other than that, I don't know Michael Jackson at all. So I don't know all the things they've said about Michael Jackson. That sounds like lies to me. 
more fake news, more media hype drummed up by fake news, and all BS stories about Michael Jackson, a perfectly normal fella just making good music, and he loved to hang out with kids just like me. I loved to play football and golf, and that's about it. I didn't do much else besides that, just like Michael Jackson. I mean, think about it. If Michael Jackson loved kids so much, why would he molest them? Why would he sleep with little kids? How do you do that if you love kids so much? I mean, look at me. I love tall, blind women. You don't see me doing anything to them. So how could Michael Jackson do anything to these kids? Just because people said that he did? I mean, just because there were lots of first-hand accounts and documentaries and movies and court trials and cases and things like that? Just because you go to court for something and just because all the signs and evidence and testimony points to you doesn't mean you did that thing. I mean, if we're going to start listening to first-hand accounts, eyewitness testimony, and DNA evidence, then a lot of people are in a lot of trouble. And frankly, rather than be in trouble, I'd like to get back to my golf game and my fantasy football. Such a good dude. Just, uh, how do you not just love OJ? Good guy. Michael Jackson, good guy. They never they never did nothing to no one. How do you how do you hate these guys? They're just great uh, American heroes. All right, here's another one. OJ takes a tee shot. Spent a lot of time on the golf course. He's got that he's got the glove on. He loves to post Twitter videos where he has a glove on. It's 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 honestly fascinating. It's fucking fascinating. Uh, celebrating my 33rd annual 39th birthday. <laughs> Get it? Uh, That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking Hey, ta- Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. He hits a fucking tee shot. That's what I'm talking about. Boom shakalaka. From downtown, jams it in. He's heating up. He's on fire. NBA Jam Golf OJ Edition. This is yours truly. You know, it's hard for me to believe that today I'm celebrating my 33rd annual 39th birthday. None of us can fucking believe I it, you asshole. I gotta tell you, it's been quite a ride. They say in every life some rain must fall. Well, I've had some hurricanes descend in my life. Have you? You've had some hurricanes descend? Poor OJ. He's had hurricanes descend. He's had rain fall on him. Not every day is as beautiful and sunny as this backdrop in his uh, Twitter golfing videos. That's That sucks. Poor OJ. I've had some rain fall on me. You know, I've had lots of things raining down on me. Like a knife raining down on Nicole after she said she was leaving me. <laughs> I mean, or, or that's what I would imagine the real killer said. If rain was falling down on him or her, you know... Equal opportunities for men and women. We have we ever thought about that? Maybe the real killer's a lady. Maybe it's uh maybe it's Kim Kardashian when she was a little kid. How how else how the hell else did she become so famous? A billionaire, all that internet stuff, and all her products and brands and things. I bet she got there by getting her father famous by murdering Nicole and Ron, so that her dad could get famous in the OJ trial, and then she could become a big star later on and marry Kanye West. I'll bet this was premeditated from when she was just 10 or 11 years old. If I was going to look to anyone as a suspect, maybe look to Kim Kardashian. 
or maybe Chloe with those big hands. But I thank the Lord because through it all, he's kept me relatively healthy mm -hmm. and in good spirits and oh, positive. And positive. That's to do today with all the haters on the internet and mm -hmm. on cable TV uh, spouting their negative opinions on just about everything. Can I tell you, when I say every week positivity is for pieces of shit, it turns out, look who's right. Me. I'm fucking right. Posit look how positive OJ is. He's been, I'm positive about everything. Not like those negative Nellies on TV. All the haters on Twitter. Even though I joined Twitter, I don't like those haters on Twitter, but I sure do love Twitter. I'm on Twitter listening to all the haters. And believe me, everyone hates OJ. That's the one thing I've learned on Twitter. Nobody wants to talk fantasy football. Nobody wants to talk politics, even though I like to talk about those things. It turns out they just want to talk about one thing, and that's the one thing I'm not going to talk about, because there's nothing left to say. And I think we should just quit trying to find the real killer anyway. He or she is out there. It's probably Kim or possibly Khloe Kardashian, but I don't know because I'm too busy reading all this hate to have enough time in my day to find the real killer. Fucking unbelievable. You know, Positive, positivity got him, and all the negativity. The negativity on the press. Well, if that's the case, then everyone should be fucking negative. I was right. Positivity is for pieces of shit. We've got the king of pieces of shit right here talking about how positivity worked for him. And he's out in the fucking sunny California sunshine, palm trees, playing fucking golf all day. God damn. And God, speaking of God, that's who helped him? Yeah, please... This, if you were if you were on the fence about the whole God no God thing, OJ, that's gonna be my that's my thesis. If I go back and get my PhD, and I have to, I have to somehow have to argue the existence of God or not, I'm just gonna stand up and just be like, OJ, OJ, sorry, sorry to sorry to spoil it for you guys, but OJ is is playing golf every day. Socrates oh, said about opinions that they are not fact, that at the most they could be a possibility and maybe even a. I think Socrates or maybe Play Doh, I'm not really sure which one, or maybe it was Huckleberry Hound, I can't remember, but they said a very wise thing opinions are not facts. Nobody ever knew that until Play Doh or Socrates or Huckleberry Hound or Magilla Gorilla, or Jabba Jaw, or maybe Scooby and Shaggy, I'm not really sure who, or maybe Snidely Whiplash, or maybe, uh, or maybe it was Muttley, or maybe Snagglepuss exiting stage left or stage right, I don't know who said it, but a very wise character, Plato or Socrates or Snagglepuss once said, opinions, they're not really facts, they're opinions. But OJ once said, Opinions are just like assholes. If I don't like them, I'm going to chop them up to pieces. <laughs> God bless. But the facts are, they're not fact. I like the old saying that opinions are like armpits. Everybody got them, and most of the time they stink. You know, a lot of good yeah. Opinions are like armpits. They're under your arms, and they got hair, and sometimes you put deodorant on them, and they stink. Having said that, Come follow me on Twitter to hear all my opinions on fantasy football and politics and golf and Michael Jackson 
and my opinions about opinions and whether or not opinions are even opinions or if opinions are fact or what's a fact and not an opinion or the fake news and the haters and my opinions on all those things. But either way, opinions are like opinions. They stink like armpits. You know, a lot of good things have happened in my 39 years. Oh, good. <laughs> the other day I was with my boys uh, uh, watching um, uh, the internet at a sports bar. And As you do. And yeah, that's what... I know a lot of times I like to go to the uh, I like to go to the sports bar to watch the internet. Hey, come on, boys! I was with my buddies, my good friends, who have asked me repeatedly never to ever ever mention their names on Twitter, and I can't understand why. I don't know why they wouldn't want to be standing next to me with old OJ, the good buddy, playing golf. Well, anyway, I was with my boys, with my buddies. We were down at the old sports bar watching the internet on TV like you do. And suddenly, the connection was lost and we couldn't watch any of that internet on TV at the sports bar. So I picked up my steak knife off the table and said, Who's responsible for this? Who's gonna get OJ's wrath? Or who's gonna get that motherfucking TV fixed so we can get back to watching our internet like we do? And then all of a sudden, wouldn't you know, the internet came back on and there was internet on TV. Watching internet, 27 different HD TVs with internet. I love a good sports bar. They're kind of like opinions. Everyone goes to them and they stink like your armpits. Hey, one shout out to a buddy of mine, Uh-oh. Stalugo in LA. Hang in there, buddy. Who? Stalugo? Hey, look. Who is it? Stalugo? Hey, hang in there, buddy. America. Hey, one shout out to a buddy of mine, Sluggo in L.A. Hang in there, buddy. Stay strong. Get back to Vegas soon. Hey, look, I got some guys to beat uh-huh. and some cake to eat. Oh, my God. Take care. Just need to find a cake knife. Oh, wait, I got one right here in both pockets and in my golf cart and in my golf bag and in the glove compartment of my car. I don't have any gloves, though. That's weird. And the ones I do have, they don't seem to fit. I guess we must acquit. But I'm not going to acquit this golf game until I've beaten all my friends. I'm going to beat them to a bloody pulp. I'm going to slice them up real good. Of course, I'm not going to hit any slices off the tee. Just going to slice up my buddies real good, pound them real good till they're bloody and not little tiny pieces. Then I'm going to slice up that cake, slicing and dicing, dicing and slicing. That's what I'm going to do. Hey, Sluggo, I'm coming for you next, buddy. I hope you don't mind me mentioning your name on Twitter. Sluggo's got to be sitting at home like, no, no, please, shut up, shut up, don't mention me, Sluggo, Sluggo, <laughs> fuck his name is, please OJ, don't mention me. Uh, there's more OJ videos, but uh, for another time, for another time, goddamn, it's unbelievable, what a fucking, what a world we live in, who who could have ever, 20, if you go back to the 90s and you predicted any anything that's happening. Who could fucking, who could have called any of this? OJ. OJ's on Twitter. God damn. Oh, Oh, yeah. God damn, I fucking love whistling. I love songs that have whistling in it. Devachka. Devachka. Second Chance, that's the name of this song. I, I'm, I'm nuts for a tune that has whistling in it. In fact, 
here's a here's another. I love that song. Uh, I was even I was driving with the kids the other day playing that song. I'm like, don't you guys love songs that have whistling in it? Like, nah, I really don't. I don't care. I'm like, ah, please. I'm like, why not? And they're like, well, because then you start whistling along, and I can't tell if the song's whistling or if you're whistling, and it's annoying. F- fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, here's a song. Here's probably the. I don't know. There's there's so many songs with whistling. Send me, email me your favorite whistling song. Birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. Here's another one of my favorite whistling songs. Oh, yeah. Come on. I'll try. I can't whistle. Of course I can't whistle. Come on, man. That's that's one of the finest whistling tunes there there has ever been. Oh, uh, yeah. Just a classic. Classic. Epic. Uh, let's see. Oh, man, there's the voice. Good, good, good. <clears throat> Almost time to go, but I wonder if I could find just one more tune with whistling in it. If there's one more song that has whistling in it, let me just see here. I've... They're going to play something for me. I've got all this this army of producers, of course. It's not just me sitting in my bedroom. It's it's all these production people, and they're playing this song for me. Let's see. what What is this song? Hmm. Okay, fade it in. Let's see. Oh. Oh, that's nice. My God. This be whistling by the gods themselves? What is this heavenly track? Are there vocals? Oh. Oh. Oh my god. Oh. I thought I had golden pipes. Oh. Oh yeah. Who is this? Let's see, I'm being handed a note. This is... A band called Bark Eater? The vocal stylings of a young Nathan Stengrevix? Well, I don't know who he is, and I don't know who they are, but uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Let's see if there's one other song. One other song that I could play. And maybe it'll become uh, one of my favorite songs on the album. Let me just see here. Oh, let's see. What's this one? Ooh. Let's... Oh... Uh... Here we go. Oh yeah. This is heaven. Listen to my drumming. Not on that track, on my desk here. Man, oh man. That's a goddamn good song. That's some some damn good drumming on my notepad. Oh, come on. Oh, fantastic. That's heavenly. Been a long time since I've heard those golden pipes live and in person. He doesn't just do weddings, folks. He rocks hard, and he rocks real good. That Nate and those bark eaters, fucking awesome. 
I figured I've, you know, keep plugging my friends. I'm going to plug both Nates, Bark Eater, all of the Nate musical things that you can uh, partake in. Go on, go on iTunes and Spotify. You can listen to those songs. God damn. Buy the songs. Subscribe. Get them on Spotify. They're fantastic. What a talent. What a talent. It sounds like I'm being a smartass because everything I say sounds like I'm being a smartass, but I'm not. I fucking love that band. Fucking talented band. Uh, and then another Nate, uh, All Star Plumbing. I'm not going to plug this every time unless you start paying me, Nate, Nate Duel. <laughs> but I will plug one more time because fuck it. It's, uh... Oh, yeah. That's another quick thing. That's what I wanted to talk about. Carrie, Carrie sent me a screenshot. All Star Plumbing. Plumber in Schenectady County, New York. 103 goddamn five-star reviews. What the fuck else do you need to know? If you're in Schenectady and Burnt Hills and Glenville and Clifton Park, New York, and all that other shit, the the greater area, whatever, you, the capital region, if you're using somebody else for your plumber, you need to fucking fire them now and hire Nate Duell All-Star Plumbing. Come on. Just go online. Just find them online. Find them on Facebook. What are you doing? That's... That basement's been flooded for years. You're you're up to your nipples in water, and you're waiting for some other guy to come out and you know twist the wrench. Well, Nate's gonna take care. Of you. He's gonna take care of you real good, jerky. Anyway, so there's my two buddies with their businesses and their 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 ventures that I like to plug out of the goodness of my kind heart. I'm sorry I didn't reply. All right, as Tony Schiavone used to say on WCW Nitro, I am desperately out of time. I have to go. It's it's over, and I want to get back to my Sunday and try to enjoy what's left of it. And I I need to keep this thing under two hours for a number of reasons. I don't want it to ever be over two hours, but also uh, the podcast thing doesn't like files that are over two hours in length. It will reject it, and I don't want that. I want you to hear this. So we're done. We're out of here. So uh, birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. There's still a bunch of shit I didn't get to, but I'm going to do that next week. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed making it. And uh, that's all. I'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody. And remember, positivity is for fucking OJ. Uh, But kindness matters. (laughs) I think. I don't know. Kindness matters. So remember that, you fat fucks jumping into the pool all day long. Kindness matters. Be nice. Fucking Sweden house, I see you. All right, that's it. I'm out of here. See you next time. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next next episode later. Oh, and by the way, uh, bonus Cliffy call, and then you're going to hear outtakes of me flipping out at my computer. The problem seems to be solved, but early on in the podcast, I was having all kinds of troubles. I'm going to give you my outtakes of me screaming at the computer. Okay, later, gators.
to spend my day at the holiday Woolmack Family Spectacular because your name is Cliff and you're named after Cliff Huxtable and I'm going to be there right next to the oatmeal tasting station and I'm going to be serving drinks. All kinds of drinks are going to make you feel really good. What if I do this? What if I just, what if I do the auto control, control my levels so I can talk at whatever fucking volume I want? Is that going to make this podcast stop recording and all this bullshit that I have to go through every fucking time I do this thing? What if I talk really like this, then the level goes up a little bit? And then what if I scream like this? Oh, look at that. Oh, it goes, oh, it goes crazy. What a, what a goddamn treat this is. To have a fucking computer like this, it's two fucking years old, I can't record a goddamn podcast. There's no other fucking tracks open, and I can't record a fucking podcast, because it keeps fucking shit up every time. What the fuck? Uh, easy. Easy, old boy. Blood pressure. When I'm actually trying to tell a story, when I'm trying to say something, then it fucking freezes up. Uh, not enough ram, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't say that. I don't know what the fuck it says. Fuck this. Fuck you. Oh, I hate it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a fucking tape recorder. I'm going to get a goddamn tape recorder. And I'm going to record it on the fucking audio cassette. And then I'll mail it to each of you. You can pay me postage and I'll fucking mail it to you. Because that's the only way it works. Technology that's 100 years old. <sighs> uh, yeah, good. That's a great sound. That intermittent hissing where the fucking line opens up. That's really good goddamn podcasting. Great job, GarageBand, you fucking piece of shit. I'm fucking, I'm done. I fucking quit. This is the last fucking podcast ever because I don't know how to fucking record a podcast without some shit happening. No issues whatsoever. As soon as I goddamn go back and try to tell a fucking story, try to do fucking OJ or some bullshit that I want to do because I enjoy, I, I actually enjoy something I fucking enjoy for once and I get a fucking computer that freezes the fuck up every fucking time I try to do something. That's fun. That's fun. Jesus Christ. I was playing Mario Maker. That was fun. This isn't fun. It was fun until this piece of shit computer couldn't handle fucking 30 seconds of recording audio. Uh, okay. All right. Whatever. I'm done. I quit. I'm going to get a tape recorder. I'm just going to record into a tape recorder and, like, play it back for stuffed animals like I'm a child, like a fucking six-year-old. That's what I'll do. That's the podcast. That's the new podcast. Birthday boy sits in his fucking kid's bedroom doing a podcast for stuffed animals because that's, that's the only thing I can do. I'll save this shit. I'll fucking save it. So everybody can see what a fucking mental case I am. Good outtakes. Take your blood pressure now, you stupid idiot. Good. So it records when I take my blood pressure on the air. The least interesting thing I can do. Maybe I'll go... Maybe I'll bring the Mac with me. I'll go take a shit. I'm sure it wouldn't freeze up for that, but then I try to tell a fucking joke. Talk for 90 seconds. Yeah. Still surprisingly good. Despite my insanity. Yeah, it's podcast time except when i try to fucking record and it stops after 30 seconds because it's a piece of shit do 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 piece of shit <sighs>
I gotta I'm gonna take a nap now. I don't even want to do a podcast anymore. There's this is there's no podcast. Podcast is over. Cancelled. What do we do? Twelve episodes? Three eleven episodes? Great. You win, universe. I finally got to do something I enjoy, and you took it from me because you stuck me with this shit computer that is, you know, I know it's two years old, so it's outdated. It's like having a fucking Apple II GS from the 80s. An Apple IIe. Huh? Get out the dot matrix printer. <sighs> Fuck it. Yeah, you hear that? You goddamn Mac piece of shit. Fuck it. It's podcast time. Oh, yeah!